Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A fine balls McWednesday to you and yours. Hope you're well. Guys, all right? Everybody hanging in there? Deep breath. I'm Jeff. There is uh, Tom and Director Matthew is uh, not here. Traitor. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Also, if you are here, we'll get you updated right at the top of the show, as it should be. Florida State just got Key West offensive lineman Christopher Otto, who wants to be a filmmaker. I like that kid. I don't know if he's any good at all, but... I hope he is, because he's likable. Six foot five, two hundred eighty-five pounder, and uh, seemed to have a, a level head on his shoulders with the uh, stuff we posted on Warchan over the weekend. I was impressed with him when his visit uh, concluded. Tom, I don't have to say that, but because uh, I I don't really typically pay attention to what any high school kid says about anything. That you watched any part of his visit or was stunning coverage of yeah. yes did stun me when I came back from being away. I thought, well. What? Yeah, what? like what? Why did Jeff do that? How he many, never does that. How many plans fell through that you decided to no. check out what a three-star offensive lineman's visit was like? But I, I'm impressed. Well, if there's a chance I'm going to check out anybody's chitter chatter from the high school ranks on a visit, it's typically typically going to be an offensive or defensive lineman. Uh, I I care about the trenches, Tom. People get all caught up in that other stuff. It's flashy. They get pumped about the uh, the skill position guys, but I want to know that we are loading up on linemen, and that's actually a theme for Florida State right now. They are, they really are doing a very good job on the line of scrimmage, and that's important. Now I, you know, listen, there are some guys uh, that you know play wide receiver, defensive end, linebacker, defense back, whatever it might be that you can get excited about and that you're going to pay close attention to. And if there are five star kids out there that can turn your program. Uh, around or a segment group around, I should say, then, yeah, you want to get them. But more often than not, as long as we're not lagging behind in the trenches, I'm not really going to get my feathers ruffled. I'm going to be all right. It's going to be all right, guys. So I think we're we're okay. It's going to be an interesting next couple of years. I think college football is in store for a lot of changes, and it's it's been through a lot of changes. And I kind of get the sense, Tom, and this is just uh, you and me are having a conversation today because it's a laid-back day. The weather is about to get nice and cold. It's dreary here in Tallahassee. It's signing day. There are no real big games or anything like that to discuss right now. So 
I think our head coach is a little bit ahead of the curve, guys. I think he's figured out a really good chemistry, uh, sort of a an alchemy here of what you need to do in the portal and what you're hoping to do with high school. I think they got to get a little bit better in the high school ranks, and I think they will because I think the high school ranks will be more affected in, in terms of availability, who you can recruit from, from where and what high school when you sustain victories. So they had a good season this year. First one in a long time. First one in a long time. And doing so, I, I, I think you now got to compile more wins next year and the year after, and those doors open up to you in a greater way. Now, again, there's always going to be, always, a situation by which you can lose a recruit with the way things are now where the money's above board and people are able to spend. You can lose a recruit on signing day. You can lose a guy in the last 48 hours uh, to anybody who's willing to pay above and beyond market value. And and that's just, I think you got to go into signing day expecting that you're going to lose a guy, that there's going to be a guy or two that somebody else really wants and they're willing to pay more than you are. As long as you're not losing five, six, seven, eight guys like that, that you're competitive enough, competitive enough in the market that way, then you're going to be all right. If you if you start to hemorrhage players on signing day, then yeah, you got a problem. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't worry about it because I think they're doing a good job of identifying needs, finding guys that are proven college talents in a Power Five level in some cases, bringing them in, getting them on the field immediately, seeing the dividends of that. And upgrading those kids' status, which then in turn upgrades your overall reputation in the portal. And that's why you sustain success. They have kind of mastered that. And it's good to be out in front of that. Now you can turn your attention, I think, as we begin to move forward to a better balance with some high school kids as well. This is a good class. It's not an overwhelmingly good class from the high school standpoint. It's a really, really, really elite class from a transfer portal standpoint. Yeah, that's the thing where I, I trust this group as currently comprised with their evaluations of what a kid can be mm-hmm. and, and how a kid fits into what what they want to do. Like So they can see the scheme fit, even though there might be an offensive lineman that runs a completely different scheme. Or you know, they do the background check. Will this, will this particular player be a culture fit? Mm-hmm. And will they have that team-first mentality? Like Johnny Wilson when he transfers to Florida State, looks like he should be a featured receiver and a red zone weapon, and he should be one of the guys, quote-unquote. Sometimes, most times, a player with that profile is very tough to manage and tough to deal with. They don't want to buy in and do what is necessary for their teammates. Well, Johnny's the perfect teammate. Johnny's the guy that will drive somebody into the uh, the Powerade cooler <laughs> in the sidelines yeah. in order to allow his running back to gain an extra 8 to 10 yards. So he's a culture fit plus a talent fit. And that's what they're doing very, very well in their evaluations. Where I agree with you is I'd like us to be the best at everything. Oh, and right, that's the right, pursuit. Right. That mm-hmm. is the pursuit. Yeah. And you don't let this train stop for somebody who doesn't want to be on it or can't handle being on the train. And that goes for players and coaches alike. But as for right now, where they are in the process of trying to build this thing back up, I think they're ahead of schedule. I think they're ahead of schedule, and they deserve praise for that. Yeah, they got they got on schedule this year. 
And then they passed it. Yeah, like, they, they were they, they were, were behind. Home. They were behind schedule. We were running late. Correct. We were running very late, Tom. And then we got on time, and now we're a little ahead of time. Just a little. We're a little ahead of time. Which is kind of nuts because the reason we were late and behind is because we're on a highway that never has a wreck, and there's a 10-car pileup, and we can't go anywhere. We <laughs> what, cannot what go we anywhere. To do? Yeah. There is a blaze in front of us, black smoke everywhere. We are stuck. And that was the pandemic year and the subsequent year after that because you couldn't recruit for over a calendar year. Couldn't bring people in. Yeah, you couldn't create relationships either. And and that's really the where the high school rank comes into play, unless money's being thrown at a player. Now, that's not relationships. That's just money. And I'm not a defeatist. I know what it is to be at Florida State, and I know what it is, the standard of winning at Florida State. I'm not trying to, to be the guy who will always put on the rose-colored seminal glasses but I will say, given the set of, a set of circumstances that were put in front of Mike Norvell, the absolute rebuild he had to have in a vacuum, plus the circumstances of the pandemic, he got back on schedule quicker than I thought he would. I well, thought this year was it was eight or nine, depending upon how the ball bounces and injury luck goes. They didn't have the greatest injury luck, and they still won nine. Should have won ten. Well, he was able to create a balance there where they were failing in the high school ranks because they hadn't been good in years and they couldn't build it up. And you were on your third coach in five years. That's a tough thing to do to try to flip those kids in in your favor. He was able to do it, and we've talked about it, documented it ad nauseum, through the transfer portal. And that really changed and saved his bacon, if you will. And now he continues to show an excellence in this. I, I just think, look, one thing to note here, and it will happen. It probably happens next year. The company we work for on three is going to make sure of it uh, because that's what they're going to do, right? I mean, that's the way you ought to view recruiting classes is the high school kids and which transfer portal kids did you bring in to help supplement those high school kids. Did you, That's how you rank classes. It's stupid to do it any other way. If a kid is going to play for a school, he is part of that class, whether he's a junior, a sophomore, a senior, or a freshman. So you would never look at a recruiting ranking solely based on, and I, I don't care if you have the number one class or the 50th ranked class. This is for anybody, any team, anywhere. You would never, at least not logically, look at a recruiting ranking and say, oh, we're 19th. If that recruiting ranking was solely based on the high school kids you brought in, because it doesn't tell the complete story. The complete story would have to include... Casey Roddick, Keandre Jones, Kyle Morlock, Daryl Jackson, Jeremiah Byers, Jaheim Bell, et cetera, et cetera, and, et cetera. And there will be an et cetera, et cetera, yes, et cetera. They, you, you would have to do – well, are we not going to line up with Jaheim Bell next year? Is he not going to play here? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is playing. And we've seen him kick ass in the SEC at South Carolina. I know he can play. I know he can. It's not up for debate. Whereas – I don't know. Maybe Jaden Jones is good. Maybe he's not. I don't know. He's a high school kid. We'll see. So you have to include that. It's dumb not to. All of these recruiting websites, whether it's ours or anybody else's, if you are not including the transfer portal players, are incomplete. It's incomplete. It's a dumb ranking. Doesn't make any sense. You have to include those players. So if you were to do that this year, Maybe it doesn't next year. Maybe it doesn't the year after. I don't know. But this year it would certainly help Florida State's cause if you're worried about the number next to the name. Now, what I'd rather do currently is kind of gauge the landscape and see where this is headed 
understanding we've got to do better at building relationships in high school, understanding that there are guys on this staff that I don't think are carrying their weight, while also understanding there are guys on this staff who are kicking ass and taking names. And I balance all of that to come up with an overall view of where Florida State's at. I also, guess what, look at the games and talk about where we're at on the field. Well, we're 9-3. and three. Perhaps going to be 10-3 and three with a bowl win over Oklahoma. We'll see. I'm going to look at those kids and say, you know what? The Bell kid and the, the, the Byers kid, the UTEP offensive lineman, man, that's, that's good. That's good. I'm excited about those kids. Of the freshmen that are coming in that I'm excited about, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. I really like Blake Nicholson. I think Blake Nicholson is going to get on the field sooner rather than later. Maybe not his first year. But he's going to get on the field pretty quickly because if you look at body type, you look at his film, you look at his, the way he plays the game, the athlete that he is, the density of muscle. A lot of times with young kids, you got to look to see are they going to be able to withstand a college football rigor. I think he gets on the field. There are probably several kids that you could say that about. He's my guy. I like that guy a lot. I've liked him from the first time I saw him in terms of body type, movement, diagnosis, all of that. Well, and he's got a diagnosis and a passion for the game from both sides of the football because he's a running back and an accomplished one at that. Mike Norvell likes to move a linebacker to the other side of the football for subsets. This looks like another candidate to do that. I just, I like football sense. If it if it knows what the other the opposition the other side of the football what wants trying to, do, to do, right? It's one of the best things in scout team. If you pay attention, you know you're a redshirt freshman. You're serving your redshirt year as an offensive lineman, and Odell Hagens is having his guys tune you up on a daily basis. You're going to be better yeah. for going against Fabian Lovett in a scout period. It's going to make you better. Same thing here in high school. If you play both sides of the football, if I'm a linebacker, I know what an offense is trying to do to me from the offensive perspective, not just crunching film. Yeah. what offenses do. That's always valuable, too. Of course, the measurables matter first. Florida State's going to be a good football team next year. We know they're going to be good on offense. They should be pretty good on defense. I have some more question marks on that side of the ball than I do the offensive side of the ball, and I think that's going to continue to be the case. That also is an area of weakness in recruiting, is that side of the ball. So, you know, if you're going to do the thing that I do frequently with any discussion that we have in which we're impassioned and care about the result, We're constantly having to look in areas where we're succeeding and other areas where I say routinely, two fingers to my eyes, two two fingers back to you. That doesn't mean you can't – a good example is Ron Dugans. We had googly eyes at Ron Dugans. We were so upset on the regular. We're like, hey, man, started with two fingers to my eyes. Let's get it together over there. You're one of us. We love you and all that. I watched you play. I was in school here. That's great. Going to need you to do better. And then – the next year happened, and he didn't do any better. In fact, we were losing people, and I was like, hey, man. And my eyes were the size of Texas as I looked at him going, what are we doing around here? And if I could have fired him, I would have. But, alas, stay of execution, it's worked out. Good. I like Ron. I'm glad he's here. Doing well. This class helps, too. And that receiving core has yeah. produced. All right, Ron. Didn't want to fire you. Didn't want to. Might have had to. Was on the verge of. Well, and but that's worked out, worked out, and I love when it works out, especially when the guys are all. We're in midseason. You have the head coach saying, at the day is on a Monday press conference mm-hmm. of a game week, not talking about recruiting at all, but saying that Ron Dugans has done a tremendous job. He's not just talking about, well, he had a great week of practice. He did a great <laughs> yeah, job yeah, yeah, getting yeah. the guys in and out of drills. Yeah, you yeah. should have seen him when they were going through right, the route right. tree. Yeah, he went out of his way to do that. Yes, 
because it is comprehensive. You had the Hall of Receivers in the portal last year, which is, I think, a big-time team effort. It's not just yeah, it's Ron not, doing it. It's not it. Ron. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of people, right. And then you have this high school effort, which I think is a lot more falls on. Because Mike has he's got too many things he's got to do. A lot more falls on the position coach to make sure that these relationships are fortified, uh-huh. the communication is clear, and then also the job is closed. The deal is closed. And when you look at Hakeem and Dre Jacobs and Goldie, Okay. Yeah, you get All excited right. about that, right? No, I agree. And you, and that's why we come in here almost on a daily basis and talk about what we're doing on the offensive line and Alex Atkins. I mean, he's producing with these guys. They're all getting better while they're here, but then look at this class. I mean, if, if you're going to talk about the offensive linemen coming in and the transfer portal guys coming in, this offensive line's on the verge of being very good. Lucas Simmons, by the way, is as exciting a prospect as you got from the high school ranks. I mean, this kid is a monster. And what we think is going to, I mean, he's a four-star offensive lineman, for those that don't know, 6'7", 300-plus pounds. We beat out Southern Cal, the University of Florida, Tennessee, I don't remember who else, uh, for his services. But that was a big deal. From your neck of the woods, buddy. I'd never heard of Clearwater Academy. It's Internet. new. Yeah. It's new. I they, was like, "What the hell is that?" They only had a handful of players a few years ago, but they're they're rising in prominence. Mm. Well, they got him, and he was good. And, and yes, Lucas is a good <laughs> get. I'm watching right now, as we must do, uh, sometimes reluctantly. Yeah. On a signing day, a, a an Instagram live feed, and I'm watching Hakeem Williams. He's got already. He's got a Noel jersey on as he's live walking around the proceedings. So unless this is a massive troll job, this just keeps on. Moving on, where you get another signature and another LOI in short order. FSU is not reported on that just yet, but Hakeem Williams is alive at his ceremony, and he's wearing a garnet Florida State jersey. Yeah, I was under the impression. Um, I was under the impression that basically he was he was coming, and and we didn't have anything to worry about today. But I am scarred like everybody else, so certainly you'd like to see uh, that finalized so that you can breathe easy, and I, th- I think it will be. And then later on tonight, you may get more good news. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We're going to be joining forces with the Battle's End in Orlando. The Jeff Cameron Show will broadcast live from the Harry Buffalo, 129 West Church Street, Wednesday, December 28th from 1 to 3. Then Jake Owen will come out. Jake is the undercard. After I, mean, I, I feel blessed to be the lead there. <laughs> okay, uh, but Jake, you're welcome. Try to do you solid, uh, along with Tyler Reeve and Cole Taylor. They're going to be there too. And uh, yeah, man, it's a free block party. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Jeff Caperton, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. How y'all doing? You all right? Everybody feeling pretty good? I think so. I think we're good. And at some point, hey, Tom, that get finalized? We're good? He's still sitting there waiting to uh, sign the letter of intent, but uh, we'll keep you updated. For the folks that are brand new to this particular version of War Chant TV, if you don't hear the sound immediately, it's because this is also a radio show on 93.3 FM in Tallahassee, just cutting off some people at the pass in the chat. Because if they're new, they're like, well, why can't I hear him? Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, at the beginning, you don't get to hear me because, uh, obviously, the music's playing and we would get docked. YouTube would come in and go, no, no, there was two seconds of music. We want our money. Cameron show, why? Cameron show, no. Sons of bitches again. No. For Florida State fans or those interested driving around, here you go. Christopher Otto, offensive lineman. Edwin Joseph beat out Miami for Edwin Joseph. He's an athlete, quote-unquote. Keandre Jones is the Auburn transfer on the offensive line. Casey Roddick is the Colorado transfer on the offensive line. Blake Nicholson, kid from California, is a linebacker and really, really good athlete. I think he's going to make a big impact here in Tallahassee. Kyle Morlock, tied in, six foot seven from Shorter University, Division II school, where he was an All American. A very good athlete will be utilized immediately. Jabril Rawls is a defensive back. Daryl Jackson is a Miami transfer on the defensive line, who I like a lot. We talked about it the other day, Jeremiah Byers, UTEP offensive line transfer that a lot of people, as in everybody that plays big-time college football, wanted. Florida State got him. Jaheim Bell, number one rated tight end in the transfer portal from South Carolina, H-back type that you can move around and is perfect for Mike Norvell's offense. From South Carolina, he's in the fold. Lucas Simmons, the six foot seven, aforementioned offensive lineman that is um, athletic for his size, good feet, and an elite prospect. Choosing Florida State, uh, I mentioned before, over Florida and Ohio State and many others. Uh, good player. Demarco Ward is a linebacker. Brock Glenn is the quarterback that they originally had. Then went to Ohio State and said, "I'm going to go to Ohio State." By the way, Ohio State develops quarterbacks exceptionally well, like. I don't know, forever, tired of watching how many good Ohio State quarterbacks there are. So when that kid said he was going to Ohio State, I thought, oh, we lost a good one. And then he came back. He was a reedy re. So he was in the fold again, and we got him. And you know that he loves you by definition because he was let go, and he came right back to you. Came right back. Yeah. So that was good news for Brock Glenn in Florida State. The quarterback is here. Jaden Jones, defensive end. Darius Jones, defensive back. Goldie Lawrence is the wide receiver that Tom was referencing a moment ago as Goldie. They're friends, I guess. Samuel Singleton, a running back, who is uh, a guy who hits the hits hits the hole. Man, that guy goes. He goes. I like it. Don't know. I was on the Chuck Oliver show earlier today, and I said, Tom, he brought him up. And I go, well, I don't care how good he is. The chances he sees the field this year are pretty pretty much slim to none given what this running back room is. But it's good that you got him because it certainly suggests that that's a young man who was in love with what you're doing. And the reason I say that is if you're a running back and you have an offer to go to LSU, and he did, and you have an offer to go to Tennessee, whose offense is lighting it up and was the talk of college football this year, and you have an offer to go into any of the other ACC schools, and he did, 
and you choose Florida State with that running back room, well, you must love the hell out of Florida State because and what they're doing there. Because there's really, I mean, that that's a position I think they've got pretty well shored up. The Kirkland kids a defensive back. Keith Sampson Jr. is a defensive lineman out of North Carolina, Tom. That is the number one ranked defensive lineman in the state of North Carolina. Is a kid that everybody wanted, including the University of Florida. But we told Florida to suck it and got him to come to Tallahassee. Uh, Jacobs is the wide receiver. And finally, Lamont Green Jr., a legacy whose dad I watched play here and uh, loved watching him play, and now he's here. He's a defensive end, by the way, guys, so we did get one, and uh, more than one, for that matter. I mentioned Jaden Jones already. Uh, but but I would I would just suggest uh, that that's a good class. It's a really good class because it's a nice mixture of kids that can come in and play right here, right now, and change who you are as a team, along with prospects for two and three years down the road. Do I have a complaint? Sure. I think we got to get better on the defensive side of the ball across the board. And I think we got to recruit better on the defensive side of the ball in the high school ranks especially. And I haven't been in love with what we've done in the secondary, so you know, you know where I stand on that. But I'm pleased with today. So in terms of the next recruiting cycle mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about today and that's going to be the main focus i just wonder where your head's at as we move forward next year mm-hmm. in a perfect world assuming that most things are consistent at florida state meaning the coaching staff is relatively intact uh you don't have a mass exodus of players on the current roster would you rather see a greater emphasis on high school recruiting and results next year or are you okay if the mix is always something like this where Florida State, give or take, is a top 15 high school class, but then also turns in somewhere in the top five of the transfer classes in the separate rankings of the two. I don't know how to answer that because I think it's going to change year to year. I also think the very nature of the portal and the way it's recruited is going to change. I don't think Florida State's going to successfully be able to do what they've done each of the last three years, really two years, in mining the portal to this extent. Uh, Right now, they are the creme de la creme of mining the portal, and bringing in top-tier talent that is ready-made to play and getting them to mesh. I don't think that's going to be normalized. I think that the money that we're seeing spent on high school recruits right now is going to shift to portal players as proven products, and thus it's going to cost your collective a lot more to bring in those kinds of players like Jared Verse from Albany or whomever you want to name you're going to have to start spending a lot more money than we've had to spend previous. It's going to constantly change. So I think that's a great answer because the definition of success every year is going to be dynamic. Yeah. Depending upon the market Mm -hmm. and the circumstances in the market, that makes sense. But one thing I've heard you imply heavily Mm. to the point that I'm just writing it down as law. Okay. Is that we are more of a player in terms of collective game Mm -hmm. in the portal world. Because we want proven entities. That is a point of emphasis, yes. Roster retention is apparently priority one. You just look at the battle's end timeline and you see roster retention is up and down that list. Dominated roster retention, yes. But of the next priorities, is it fair to say that the portal is the place where they would rather mine first and use assets first because you have a greater, a, a narrower floor ceiling ratio between what it is you're bringing in. You have a better idea of who the player is in short. I believe that is 100% correct this year. 
but I'm not sure it's always going to be the overriding philosophy. I think as you begin to guard against extremes, meaning great seasons, terrible seasons, like you're going to, you got to get to a place where you have raised the floor and that a bad season at Florida State is no longer a losing season, is no longer a year in which you don't go to a bowl, no longer a year in which you're not competitive in your own conference. When we get to a place through roster retention and transfer portal mining, along with what you've brought in in the high school ranks recently, when we get to a place where Florida State's bad season is 8-4, and four, and we look at that as, that's, that's not good, guys. we got to do better. This is terrible. Once we get to that place, A, your high school recruiting is going to be better by definition because you are a desired locale. Why? Well, because you're winning. Georgia kind of recruits itself right now, but they had to get there, didn't they? Well, they got there in a hurry because Kirby Smart knew exactly what he was doing when he left Alabama, brought it to Georgia, got the police to stop arresting people for jaywalking, and Georgia now is a really good place to be, right? Recruits come there, elite-level recruits. It is a locale in which they know they can win a national championship. Bama has been doing this annually since Nick Saban arrived. They're not having to mind the portal in the same way that Florida State is having to mind the portal. And they kick ass in high school recruiting. Now, outliers exist in the current wild, wild west that is, transfer portal, NIL, one-time free, go wherever the hell you want, passes. And collectives that arise out of the woodwork and desperate billionaires wanting to see their college win games. This is, this is right now, really, I don't think tenable for college football. I don't think it will be the norm a year from now or two years from now. The portal's going to change. I got you. I'll mention it in a moment. The portal's going to change. High school recruiting is going to change. What's allowable, what's not allowable is going to change. It's a fluid situation in college football right now, the likes of which we've never seen. The governing body of college football has thrown their hands to the air and said, we don't know what to do. We're powerless to stop it. The courts told us, as in the Supreme, we can't do anything. So they're not. And where lawlessness resides, you get Really strange outlier-like outcomes until regulatory bodies come into play and say, can't do this, can do that. Everybody agree? Good. So for now, it's fluid. Hakeem Williams has signed with Florida State University. He is in the fold, your elite superstar wide receiver that many were nervous about until mere seconds ago can celebrate and relax. He is in. Just watch the uh, the whole ceremony like a silent film from uh, 1918. Mm. And um, now he's yeah put on the FSU cap, walking around, enjoying the day. And this is a day to enjoy for all these kids. Some of them take it too far, but this is a culmination of a lot of work for all of them. And some of it's genetics, some of it's work. And Hakeem Williams has taken a five-star combination of both of those two things coming up to Tallahassee at nearly six foot four. He's six three already as a true freshman coming to Florida State, and uh, he's somebody who can do a little bit of everything. This wide receiver class is sneaky good. Michael Langston can't stop talking about Dre Jacobs, Van Dre yeah, Jacobs. Yeah, really excited about it, yeah. 
And Goldie Lawrence is no, nobody to sleep on either. This is a nice group bringing in this year that they're bringing in this year because if you project moving forward for Florida State, you could lose three or four guys next year for one reason mm-hmm. or another. It could start very soon, as in this spring, because the room is so damned crowded. You could lose some of the guys that are existing on the roster now, but you've got to figure that Johnny Wilson after this season will be what he is, one way or the other, and he's going to go. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Micah Pittman, and this is Winston Wright's last go at it. So this is a good replenishment ahead of time. Get some of these guys in. I'm not sure if all of them are early enrollees, but you get some of these guys in, get them to work in spring camp, and then we'll see what happens during the season if they make the rotation or not. So I want to note something here. Good points, Tom. You're welcome. That, again, I've already answered this, but I see a few of these in the chat, people wondering. There are outliers and exceptions, hence my point of a radical time in college football, one of them being that none of the processes or processes that you describe matter if it's money. If it's just money, then by definition, it's just money. You have to make choices. Do you want to recruit that way? Where is your point of emphasis? Florida State's point of emphasis with the money they're spending, meaning, okay, sorry, the independent collective, (laughs) with the money they're spending is not on high school players. You are going to lose this day to the programs whose collectives point of emphasis is on high school players. Get used to that if that remains consistent. I'm saying I'm not so sure it will remain consistent. Two things will shift. One, Florida State year to year will have different priorities based on needs, based on success on and off the field. This year, and I think rightfully so, the battles end collective has clearly shown you that they care much more about retaining the services of their best players, say Jordan Travis and Trey Benson, amongst many others, than they do about a four-star wide receiver from Ocala or wherever. I'm making this up. You you get my point. They're not going to overspend or pay two to three times the market value of a high for a high school player. They're not going to do it. I do not blame them for that. Miami clearly will. I don't blame them for that. Circumstances dictate this. They are in a desperate set of circumstances. You know who else is? Auburn. So Auburn, who's terrible, doesn't want to be terrible. They go out and they they hire scumbag. They bring him in to be the head coach. Now you're talking about a horrifically poor moral character at top your <laughs> plans, right? That's what you've done. You gone out and got Hugh Freeze, walking piece of garbage on this planet, is your head coach. Okay, so clearly your intentions are known at this point. You don't care. Drugs, money, hoes, baby, you don't care. So you go get him. At that point, you've signaled to everybody, Whatever it takes, by any means necessary, we're going to get this turned around. We're bringing him in, and guess what? We're not stopping there. We have millions of dollars. We're going to overspend for high school players because our roster sucks, and this is not tenable, and we don't like losing. Fine. Fine. I don't care. That's fine. That's what they're going to do. 
And they're going to do it to a greater degree even more next year. You watch. That's fine. People can do whatever they choose to do. It's now all above board. We all know. you just If you want to tell the world, it, Ruiz does on Twitter every day. Hey, <laughs> come on down. I got money, baby. I'll overpay for your ass. I'll bring in point guards from K-State that nobody's ever heard of and give them $700,000. Sure. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. What you do, though, is judged. Are your needs filled? Are you winning games? Is it a sustainable model? I happen to think that this is sustainable for now. I don't believe Florida State can continue to operate in this manner long term. I do think they're going to have to see an uptick in high school recruiting down the line. Right now, they've done a very good job of figuring out that balance. They get enough good players at high school. They're not an elite recruiting staff. That is clear when it comes to high school players, obviously. And you can be critical of that. That's fine, too. But just note that that ranking next to their name today does not include all of these ready-made stars I just rattled off. The tight ends, the offensive line, the transfer portal kids that we know can play. It's just so hard. It's like trying to catch the wind, you know, in terms of, Great song by Driving and Crying. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even intend that. Yeah. Just a great song. But it's trying. It's like trying to do that because you're you're having a constant argument now. You're, you're pointing to the sky or you're pointing to the earth. You know, is is it about the the transcendent or is it about the present that's in front of you? Which and I'm arguing about what I'm talking about is money versus being a good recruiter. You know what what is the difference at this point? I have a hard time finding that still to be a binary argument. I think it's all blended together in that the money is going to dictate how far a relationship goes in the short term. So it's tough to assess. If you're trying to assess a, a position coach now by the standards of 10 years ago of how good of a recruiter is this person, that's dated. You're behind. You're so far behind. But then the other part of it is, do you want more out of the high school ranks or more out of the portal if you can get a bunch of two- and three-year kids talking about their remaining eligibilities, multiple seasons? like There's just a philosophical war going on right now. All the while, every school, it seems, is going to take a turn overspending out of desperation before they realize, because I think they're all going to come to the same conclusion, A, it's not sustainable, and B, it doesn't lend itself to a healthy working culture. No, and I, I keep talking about this every day. I, I This is... If you do it in professional sports, you do it for a short window where you're trying to buy a title, and you know this thing is going to implode the on Rams the other side of it. The knew that the right. plane was going to crash into the side of the mountain, but they right. had one year to make a go at it, and they got it. And it's worth it in that moment. But that's the thing I wonder. Is that coming for college football? Where, where programs are going to alternate. Southern Cal just did it. And put all their eggs in a basket for a short term. Well, I, I think they believe that they're going to create a sustainable Oh, yeah, but they're in Los there. Angeles. They can do that. They have, I mean, they're sponsored by Beats from Dre. Right. I mean, Christ, you can right. do that. Right. Right. Yeah, corporate sponsorships are going to be what helps, you know, yes. more than individual donors. You're going to have to find a way to, you know, billboard or put Donors are not on. going to be the way. You have really rich donors and guys that head collectives now that care deeply. But they know because most of them are smart businessmen. Not all. Some of them inherited money. Some of them got lucky. Some of it uh, is, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. But for the most part, people who have established large sums of money through business prowess understand that throwing millions of dollars on an annual basis to high school kids to come play football for your program is asinine. 
and a waste of money and not sustainable. I would guess 99.9% of the guys who have obtained that kind of wealth through business acumen understand I can't keep throwing $10 million a year at high school kids because I'd like to see my team win. That's silliness. It's not going to work, but it's also not going to work because of the environment that we've talked about a lot. Again, I'll repeat. If you are a two-year starter, a three-year starter, a one-year starter who committed to program A and worked your ass off to become that player, and you were given, I don't know, 50 grand to go to that school in addition to your scholarship, and they recruit over you the following year with a kid out of high school that they're paying $1.5 million who's never accomplished a thing on a college football field, what are you going to do? You're not going to sit around and wear that forty grand, you are going to walk into that office and say, I am a two-year starter. F that kid. I want what he has. He's never played. You know what I am. I want $1.8 million. Or I'm going. Or I'm leaving. And it creates extreme jealousy, and you have infighting, and that's why I don't believe that is sustainable. It works today. Today, this day, is your day. If you're any of those programs that have decided to put your point of emphasis on overspending for a high school player. Again, do whatever you want to do. I'm not saying you can't do that. I am predicting, this is my opinion, that you're not going to be able to sustain that and that you are creating a problem in the locker room. So let's see if it equates to wins. Right now, Texas A&M is not winning football games. They gave Jimbo Fisher $700 billion to come coach there and then just keep re-upping him. Allegedly, they just got done spending a year ago on the greatest class ever assembled and promptly went out and won five games and had a bunch of kids transfer in a toxic locker room. I mean, guys, I think you're going to see this play out that way. Now, the other thing you're going to see play out this way is, again, there are rules coming. I don't know when, I don't know by whom, but this is not, for college football, a thing that can last. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I'm not embittered. I'm not pumping my fist at the skies. I'm not telling anybody to get oh, off my lawn. We've procured enough talent right. through the portal. The, yes. Yes, we've done it. We've paid for players to come play and here. And not with Monopoly money. Right. No, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying they're going to have to find a set of rules that are agreed upon, if you want, by the Power Five, those playing big boy football moving forward that is, again, Agreed to by everybody in these conferences where we're all on an equal playing field. And, you know, because can you imagine being a coach right now? It, whoo, you're never safe. I don't no, mean your but, job, I mean your roster is never safe. Correct. But they have benefited from a bubble, the yes. likes of which we're seeing now for the players finally. They've benefited from that for the last 10, 15 years. The exponential increase in head coaching, oh, coordinator, and correct. position coach correct. salaries. It's absurd. Because they didn't know where to put the money. The institutions are bringing in so much damn money, they don't know what to do with it. So they got to spend it back on the program that brings in the most of it, which is football. That's why it went back into the coaches to begin with. I wonder if at some point it does get tied to conference revenue, what you can spend on a roster. Maybe it goes that way. But the thing to me well, that's most important... We need to get the hell up out of here. I agree. But that's where Power 5 would need, would need to unify and then have a, a payout across the board for the elite of the elite. Right. And that might only be 40 teams. I, I don't know how many it would be. To me, the important thing is if you are going to institute rules like that that are going to limit what an institution can spend on a player, the deterrent has to be so strong 
that a booster. Yeah, so you don't get a nature, rogue booster who decides this particular year we want this player and I'll give this guy an extra million above and beyond what the rules state we can. That's been in the culture of the sport yeah. for longer than yeah, I've yeah, been alive. Yeah. Much longer than I've been alive. That's been a part of what the sport is all about. So the deterrent has to be so strong, as in your TV revenue goes back to the league, the Power Five, and it's dispersed among the rest of the members. It's got to be that kind of level for this to finally be out of the game. It's always been a part of it. It's just that now it's yeah. reached its fever pitch. Yeah, and when you're talking about billion-dollar TV deals or streaming deals on the horizon, right, multiple billion-dollar deals, it's not going to be hard to find the pool of money needed to disperse amongst teams and players and coaches, right? I mean, you, you can find it in lots of ways. Conference revenue, TV deals. Hell, at some point, imagine we're at a place now when they expand to go to 12 teams to the playoff, are you watching these other bowls? Who the hell's watching these games when they're in a, uh, 12 teams that aren't, you know, I would say, uh, those bowls are, you, they're already in trouble. There's nobody in the stands at these games. Well, if you want those bowls to matter. Except for the cheese it Bowl. <laughs> okay. It's been sold out for weeks. Yes, it has. You, if you want those bowls to matter, and I do because I want more football, not less football. If you want those bowls to matter, then the best players have to play. Well, how are you going to get the best players to play in an exhibition game outside of the playoffs, right? Those playoff games are the only ones that really matter, right? So now all of a sudden you're playing in the kick the bucket bowl that nobody gives a damn about, and nobody's going to play in that game because it doesn't matter at all except, well, that bowl is sponsored by kick the bucket. And kick the bucket says, hey, we'll ante up because this is one long advertisement. This is one long commercial for our product, kick in the bucket, and we'll pay. For these kids to come that's play. Right. And we that, will, that's how it's going to work. We will suspend from a drone a briefcase with a million dollars in it <laughs> over the 50-yard line. And for watch the them kill of, one another. Well, for 60 minutes of football. Right. And then we will drop the drone into the pile of players after the game is over. And they'll already be organized in equal shares for every player. It's all going to work. No more new news or we got good news? No, we got to take a break. I've been prattling on. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Really short segment, rapid fire. We'll go through the names again. Many people tune in. Uh, and last second, kind of get a sense for, um, you know, what happened on signing day today? Florida State did end up getting uh, that commitment from Hakeem Nix. So everybody who was worried about that. Oh, what did I say? Nix. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I did that. I think that's like the third time I've done that. Who was the linebacker you used to always screw up the name for? Uh, I would call Matthew Thomas Christian Jones. <laughs> and I called Deshaun Watson Taj Boyd a time or two as well. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, not the same player. No, not at all. Probably not the same kind of man either. I don't know. Taj like a massage? Uh, so Hakeem's in the fold for those that care, and most of you do if you're listening to this show. Christopher Otto, Edwin Joseph, Keandre Jones, Casey Roddick, Blake Nicholson, Kyle Morlock, Jabril Rawls, Daryl Jackson, Jeremiah Byers, Jaheim Bell, Simmons, Ward, Glenn, Jones, Jones, Lawrence, Singleton, Kirkland, Sampson, Jacobs, Green Jr. In the fold. Come on down and welcome to Florida State. Good kind of times. cool that they did the uh, touch for the kids from the portal today as well. I thought that was nice. Give them their moment. Well, I care more about those kids. They should lead with those kids. I'm here to have that fight. 
Those kids matter more. <laughs> Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with.